Talk Too Much MMA episode 21, as the Spanish conquistadors would say. I am Cena Palavan. I'm your host. What it do? <laughs> Welcome to episode 21. Uh, today's a very special day. I'm actually very excited today. What I'm going to be bringing to you guys is a special interview with UFC heavyweight Juan Adams, aka the Chosen Juan. Um, in case of you, in case any of you don't know who Juan Adams is, Juan Adams uh, is a UFC heavyweight who made his name on the Contender series and kind of just got a, a lot of noise surrounding his name because he just fought uh, another big UFC heavyweight, Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy is a formal and a former NFL defensive lineman. Uh, he got kicked out the NFL for possession of weapons and threatening his girlfriend and throwing her on a couch full of AK-47s and saying, bitch, I will kill you. Yeah, some fucked up shit like that. Super, super creepy guy. Evil ass guy. However, a lot of people want to see this dude compete in the UFC. Um, just because that transition from the NFL to the UFC, you know, it brings guys with crazy athleticism. Uh, he's one of the best pure athletes we have in the UFC. You know, he might not be as technically sound as other fighters, but as a pure athlete, it's hard to, you know, hit that level. Well, Juan Adams, you know, knew about his past, knew about who he was as a fighter, knew about his name, and went into it smart, you know. He attacked him and his past, you know, caused the noise, you know, sold some tickets. But more than that, you know, he stood up for what he believed in. He said, you know, he doesn't support a UFC fighter, you know, who puts their hands on a woman. So I respected that out of him, but, you know, the fight was a rough fight for, you know, both fighters just because Greg Hardy, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding him. Um, he was trying to roll through everybody. He didn't exactly roll through Juan Adams. It was kind of a controversial decision. But on the other side, Juan Adams was, you know, hyping himself up as well and, you know, making, a you know, a lot of noise and the fight ended in complete controversy uh for those of you who didn't know it, it looked like it was going to be a good fight they both looked pretty even in fact i would even say juan adams looked like he was about to be the toughest test of greg hardy's career now i know that's a short-lived opinion because i only have like the couple seconds of game tape on him but greg hardy came in there cocky and right off the rip juan adams hit him with a jab um not you know most fighters are scared of greg oh that's greg hardy that's this violent guy who's about to murder someone you know this guy who played in the nfl juan adams wasn't scared of him so you know there was a lot of talk surrounding this fight because uh, juan adams went for the takedown and grabbed on the leg and didn't let go of the leg and greg hardy kept hitting him hitting him hitting him hitting him and juan adams didn't move out of that position he just stayed in that position and Greg Hardy's shots weren't hard, but he just kept doing it over and over, and the, the ref just called it because no one was moving. So as soon as the fight was called, Juan Adams just jumped up and said, yo, what's up? Like, what? What happened? Um, he, you know, he didn't think, he thought it was bullshit. Um, but he kind of, you know, understood and realized he probably shouldn't have went for that takedown. And once he went for that takedown, it was kind of, he just didn't move, you know? So it was, the ref kind of had no choice. But with that being said, you got to understand what Juan Adams is. He is a great fighter, a great guy, and just a, a great personality. Not a lot of UFC fighters have that type of personality. So it was an honor to, to have him on my show and talk about him and his UFC career. He went really in-depth with his life, his career, um, and what it's like to fight in the UFC and what it was like fighting Greg Hardy. He talked about that fight. Um, 
you know, I couldn't imagine fighting a guy like that, the evil in Greg Hardy's eyes. But Juan Adams, you know, went in there, made that walk. And honestly, as again, I think he could beat that guy. Like, we, I want to see a full fight out of them. I, I, wanna, I want them to run it back. Okay, and so, yeah, after, so right now what we have coming up is my interview, Juan Adams. Um, he's about to call me. We're going to have a nice little Skype chat. And then after that, uh, I'm going to go over Justin Gaethje knocking out Donald Cerrone with you guys. Uh, I know we have to talk about that because, yikes, that, that's all we have to say. We'll get to that later. But for now, here's the interview with Juan Adams. Number one, what's up, bro? How you been? How are you? Uh, I'm in good, man. Just chilling. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. I know this is hella weird. You know, you're a professional UFC fighter and a random dude hits you up to do a podcast. So I'm gonna introduce myself real quick. My name is uh, Cena. I'm 23 years old. All right, I live in Vegas. I'm kind of like you. I have a passion. I have a dream. You, I'm just too scared to do it, so I talk about it. You actually do it. So that's the difference between us two. <laughs> but um, right now, I'm also looking for a sponsor too. Uh, I'm five months into this shit. So you know, I'm on. I'm 23. I'm in college. I'm supposed to graduate in April. God bless. I will. I will graduate, bro. I promise you, I will. <laughs> I'm not the best student anymore. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I was a very good student. I just don't love school anymore, but this shit, I, I kind of like this shit. So I work at a day club too. Um, actually it's hella funny. You know, you know, Anthony Smith and Anthony Johnson, the fighters. Yeah. They came into my work and I went off, I fanboy on them and shit. And I asked Anthony, uh, Lionheart Smith to come on my podcast. And he told me, he was like, listen, cause I was talking to him for about four hours. He was like, listen, He's like, if I see you in three or four years, I'll come on. But he's like, you're not ready yet. So I was like, hey, thanks, though. But anyway, um, that's just about me. Um, so tell me about, I wanted to know about yourself, first of all, why you got into MMA and, like, why you think this is your calling. Man, so I got into MMA just because, you know, my whole life I wanted to be a pro athlete type deal. And, um, you know, I just kind of, Lost a lot of direction. Uh, you know, when I was in college, um, I wrestled collegiately, and uh, I really thought I wanted to, you know, try and make an Olympic. But about my fifth year in college, that was my ninth year total wrestling. Um, and I went back my fifth year just to wrestle. Like, I dropped a class my senior year just so I wouldn't meet graduation requirements so I could come back to wrestling. <laughs> like, All right. So that's, I mean, I, I loved wrestling. Um, I was coming off of a third place finish at conference. I was the number one seed going into conference. And it was one of those things, man, I would wake up for matches or days I had matches. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be here. How old were you? Uh, I was 23 at that time. Um, 22, 23. Yeah, that was uh, my fifth year of college, uh, 22, 23. Um, I'm getting this degree in, in computer science. Uh, I had no passion for that subject at all. It was just something where, like, oh, I don't, yep. have, I don't have to put a whole lot of effort into this, and I still get good. <laughs> yeah, you just you just read my mind perfectly. <laughs> Go uh, on. Whatever, and like, and you know, if I need a job, this degree is a, is a pretty high degree of difficulty, like most people would hire me with a degree like this. Um, I picked up a minor in exercise science. Like, I'm just doing, trying all kind of different classes at this point because I was bored. Like, and, you know. I, Were you a good student? Uh, I made Dean's List a couple of times, but I really just didn't. I was in college 
wrestled, man. I didn't, I didn't care about school all that much. Um, the only reason I made Dean's list is because I was ineligible the first part of my sophomore year because I was just, I just wasn't taking enough classes. I didn't have enough credits. So uh, that those next three years, I like really amped it up, and then. I was like, oh, well, I want to come wrestle, like, try another year of wrestling. So I dropped the class. Um, so my fifth year, like, of the 24 credits I took, I only needed to pass three of them. So I needed to pass one class to graduate that year. Um, all I cared about was wrestling, and I was just like, I don't even care about this anymore. So I, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of direction. And so after the season, uh, the Colts contacted my coach, well, it's part of their special product. <laughs> That's tight. And they're like, hey, you know, would you like to give the NFL a try? And I said, you know, screw it. You know, football was the first sport I fell in love with. So let's try it. And I found out, you know, I really loved the training. I did not care about football at all. Like, I loved working out. I hated football. Like, I just, anytime. Why? I- I don't know. I just don't like. I'll I'll watch it. I'm pretty knowledgeable about it. I just yeah. Your team is fire. Yeah, you have a solid ass fantasy squad. So <laughs> I just don't like it. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like even when I'm watching the games, I'm like, unless I have a fantasy player on that team. That's no, no. That's for me too. Honestly, I'll be real. Football's not a love of mine unless my fantasy players playing. Like when the game's on, I'll be watching the fantasy app more than the game. Yeah. I hate to say. It. I hate to say it, man. So it is not a passion of mine. Like, I have to watch it because every show I go on or every time I do an interview, people ask me about it. So I like to be knowledgeable of it, but I don't really care about it all that much. Um, So it's kind of one of those things where I had always been interested in MMA, and I was helping other fighters. Like, I was coaching wrestling. I was doing all this stuff. And I'm like, eh, you know, that looks like it would be fun or – I think I could be successful at that. I let's give it a try. And the first fight I took wasn't even like my first fight. It wasn't even like I want to be in the UFC. I just want to see if I could make the weight. Honestly, um, amateur or pro, amateur or pro, um, amateur. And then you know that amateur fight. I'm like, oh, that was pretty easy. My next one, I was like, all right, that was pretty easy. And like I could stay here and fight locally forever, but there's no point in doing that. Like you don't make money doing that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that kind of, after my second amateur fight, it really lit a fire under me. And I'm like, okay, I really want to do this. So let's let's do it. So we amped everything up. I started progressing pretty quickly. And um, then once I made it to the UFC, it was just kind of like, oh, all right, well, I've made it to like this super high level. Um, And when I started doing this, man, I never thought about being a UFC champion. Like, that's not... The defining moment of success for me. For me, like getting to the UFC was was what I considered a success, and I reached that way faster than we expected me to. So I've just been kind of redefine everything and and reach like make new goals, find a, a passion in this sport again. But it gets old because you know I I did love this sport. Uh, I like doing it. You know, it made me feel some sense of accomplishment. Um, you know, Why do you say did? Why do you say did? You said I did love the sport. Are you saying that your love for this sport's kind of going away? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, and it's when, yeah, I understand. When I, when I started doing this, or when I was, was uh, 
in that time, like right after I graduated college, like my mom had been diagnosed with cancer. She died shortly after I got home. Uh, my condolences. Yeah, so I was pretty lost at that time. Like I was training, do, trying to make this NFL roster. Uh, How old were you? 23, right? Yeah, I was 23 at the time. So, you know, I'm kind of lost and I, I was lost and I really just didn't have anything, didn't really have any purpose. And doing MMA kind of made me feel like I was pursuing something. So I had a purpose again. And, you know, I, I got to the point where you get there and there's so many people, so much input all the time. Like, people stopped. It stopped being like a person-to-person interaction and you become this kind of larger-than-life type person and people just, that's all they see. That's all they want to talk about. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's one of those things where like, this doesn't, like, this isn't a defining aspect of who I am. Um, yeah, I like to fight. I've always loved fighting. But now it's just like, I can't even go grab coffee without people, you know, harassing me. Or like, open. I don't even, like, on my social media, I don't even have notifications turned on. I have message notifications turned on, but I don't look at comments or anything. Like, I, and if anything's negative, I just block it now. I used to go back and forth, but I don't even enjoy that anymore, so. No, dude, I hate the hate. Do you yeah. get a lot of hate? Yeah, so and it, so it's gotten to a point where, like, I do it now because I'm good at it. I don't necessarily do it because I love it. Um, uh, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, you have to push yourself a certain amount. You have to work really, really hard. And I do still like the sport, for sure. I do like training and all that. But it, it got to a point where you you lose sight of why you started doing it. And it's it got to a point where it wasn't fun for me. Like, I haven't had fun fighting since my contender series fight. That was like the last time I was like, man, I'm really excited to do this. Like, let's do this. Um, even my, after my debut, like, I was excited to have a fight, but now I get like fight news and it's like, damn, I got to put myself through six to eight weeks of this again, you know, pushing myself to this limit. And me, I'm, I'm always trying to improve. So each fight camp, you know, I want to go harder. I want to push some aspect harder and harder. And that takes a mental effect on you. And then and on top of that, you've got constant input from people who, A, are not qualified in any way, shape, or form to give you any type of input. <laughs> B, like, just have no respect for you at all. Like, I tell, If I say, like, hey, I really don't want to talk about this, they're like, Oh, yeah, yeah, I totally understand it. And then they just go right back into it. The media? Media, you know, friends, like people that call themselves my friends or whatever. It's like they just want to talk to you about fighting or your job. Like when when you get off of work, you don't want to talk about work. Like it's not my my, my default. So that that plays a big role in, you know, what makes you stop loving. Do you still talk to your, like, so I'm sure I, w- I want to know if you still have the same homies you have now when you started off, like before you made it big, do you still have the same homies that you were talking to or did you change? Did you like, did you hella new people come into your life as soon as you made it? No, it was like, there were old people that I had fallen out of touch with. They came back in, but I've never been a, 
Like, I'm one of those people where a lot of people feel like they know me really well. A lot of people feel like I'm their best friend, but the people that I would call my best friends is very small. Like, I've, I've hung out with the same people. I have very long-lasting friendships. So, my homies from, like, first grade and elementary school, people that I'm still tight with now. Uh, the people that I hung out with in high school are the same people that I hang out with now. Like, there's, there's less of them, but the same core group of seven or eight people. And then in college, same thing, you know. My teammates, the people that I talk to, I still, I'm still in the same group chats that I was in, you know, from... High school and shit. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, you know, I personally, when I talked, I don't know who exactly is the guy that hooked us up. I don't know how you know him, but... When he told me your name, I, I knew about you. I found out about you straight up as a person, as a fighter. Well, during your fight with Greg Hardy, I, there was something you said in an interview that I, I, like, I noticed and I really fucked with. Um, I pulled it up right here. You said that, obviously, you and I both know the dude's fucking whack. Like, he's crazy as fuck. You know, beat the shit out of his girl. And you said, I saw you say, like, publicly how no one, since he's been in the UFC, no one's brought that up about him. You know, in my opinion, Dana White's kind of promoted him to be the superstar because, you know, he is Greg Hardy. There's a lot of controversy behind him. So no one's really brought up his past to him when they're fighting. You were the first person to, I don't know why you did it, but you came right at him and you were very vocal about it. And it was very real to me. And you said that you didn't respect with anybody that would ever put their hands on a woman. I think that's what you said word for word. So I, from that moment, when I saw you say that, I was very, very interested and I fucked with you. And I remember your fight was on after my 10-hour shift at Gemma. I work at Gemma at Park MGM. It's a day club. And my shift ended, so me and my two buster friends go right to the bar to catch, try and catch your fight. And we made it. And in your fight, you opened up. He came, you know, I, one thing I don't like about Greg Hardy is he's very, very, very cocky. Like, and he feels like, it's like he thinks he's better than everybody. And so the fight starts... And he, like, carelessly goes at you, and you hit him with a jab right off the rip. So um, I personally, in my opinion, when I watched that fight, I was kind of mad because I thought I was, I thought you could win that fight. I really think you could. Yeah. I, and I'm not just saying this to hype you up. I don't think. I think he was severely underestimating you. I don't think he could grapple with you. I don't. I think you – but to me, you look like a much more composed. Like, you look like you had more experience in there. So for me, I'm, I don't know if you like to talk about this fight or not. I'm just mad that I just don't like the guy, Greg Hardy, that much, me personally. Um, I respect his athletic ability, but there's something like I don't like looking at him like when he fights. It's, it's weird to explain. You know, he looks evil. Yeah. So uh, he does, bro. He looks hella evil. Like, I wanted to ask you, like, man, homie to homie, like, how did it feel f fighting this dude? Like, talking shit to him, like, going up, walking into the octagon when he was there. Like, how did you feel, honestly? Uh, I was just, I was really upset, you know, going into it, you know, I'm like, it's, it's the culminating point of weeks and weeks of, you know, I just nonstop input, man, and it's one of those few times when you're in there that, like, yeah, it's drowned out, so I was really excited for that, but, you know, obviously I made a mistake on the takedown, and uh, it's one of those things where it's like you try to drown out so much input, everyone's saying, Russell, 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 this dude, Russell, this dude, but... I mean, I should have just stayed on the feet, but, uh, you know, I wasn't, I never felt in danger at any point. No, you weren't. You got up right away. And you got I up fine. Hurt. I never felt any pain, nothing the entire time. So it was, it was weird, but, uh, you know, I was really in the moment. Um, 
And, you know, I it sucks because that was mentally very draining for me. Uh, afterwards also was, was very draining. But it's one of those things where I can't really let one mistake define my entire career, you know, or one Dead that, ass. Oh, that's, that's the only takedown I've ever missed in MMA. You know, I'll, going back to my amateur career, 11 fights now. I've got one missed takedown. Like, I'm, I'm not going to let that define me. So now it's a, it's a thing of, you know, putting the right people around me, going to the right camps, um, having the right coaches. Like, I, I learned a lot about myself throughout that fight camp, and it's, I, I know how I need to be coached now. I, I feel like you grew a lot. I don't even know you as a person, but for a human to go through that, and I'm sure after the fight you probably had to deal with hella haters saying, talking their shit, putting their two cents in when they're making $40,000 a year at an office job. You know what I mean? So, and I I honestly, when I put myself in your shoes, when like through that shit, like I feel like that was, no one really talked about it, but I feel like that takes a lot of mental fortitude to go through that bullshit because he was trying to flex after the fight. Like he did something when you, the fight was a controversial fight. That was, in my, if you know, if the stake, if the UFC didn't think what they think about him, that you guys should honestly run that back. Because right. you guys, you guys had a rivalry. You guys were going at it. Like it has to be. We have to see low key who's better. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I was just listening to you talk just now, and I have, for me, in my opinion, what do you think you could do to gain regain a love for this sport? Because I feel like if for me, like coming here to film for you today, I had to get up at like six a.m. to go do my schoolwork, so I had to make time for this. But it didn't even feel like work because I love this shit. You know what I mean? So I was just wondering, what do you think you need to do to regain a, like a serious love like you had for this sport when you first started, if that's even possible? Yeah, for, I mean, for me, it has to get to a point where I'm at, where I enjoy the, the process again. So it used to be, you know, I used when I first started this, um, I was working like six different jobs, making ends meet to afford like the lifestyle that I wanted to live. And I still made time for training. I wanted to be so good at this. I wanted to be great. I wanted to, you know, I, I loved it. You know, I loved everything about learning new stuff. So now, you know, I, I had to kind of strip all that down. And it took me a while to even go back in the gym. Like I normally after a fight about a week, I go back in and start working myself back into the gym. For this one, like I tried, I went back to the gym after two weeks and I'm just like, I, I couldn't do it. I I would it was I was going through the motions, and so I, it's right now where I'm getting back to the the aspects uh, and with coaches that I really enjoy working with. Right, so I'm back with my my original Thai boxing coach. Um, he's been with me through the whole fights. Like I enjoy working with him. So I go, I do those workouts. Uh, you know, I still do my running because that's how I kind of clear my head. I go to the box. How long do you run? Just for advice. Three miles. Mile a day? Not every day. Uh, no more than four days a week. Yeah. All right. I'm, dude, I'm trying to get, like, honestly, I want to start training because I'm trying to, not that you give a fuck, but I'm trying to be a male cocktail server next year on the strip. There's only one of them. I know it sounds weird. It's not weird. There's only one. They make bank, you know what I mean? For a, for a, for a 23-year-old. That's about to graduate to have my last like hospitality job on the strip, you know, to make a good amount of money. Like I'll do it, you know, so, but I need to get buff, but I wanted to start training, but I'm just scared to get hit in the face. 
But my homie was just like, dude, honestly, you should do jujitsu. He was saying, do jujitsu or run. I don't know. Just I need some type of cardio. I was just wondering. Yeah. I don't know what type to get into. I do three mile runs. Um, two of those runs are, are broken up into kind of sprint jog, sprint jog, sprint jog. And then the other two are kind of just head clearing, like therapeutic runs almost. Um, not fast at all. I think my girlfriend actually runs faster than I do. When I'm when I'm not in camp, I don't run for time. I just go to, to move. Um, and then, you know, part of falling back in love with the sport again is, you know, I'm going back to, you know, the basics. I, I go to a jiu-jitsu coach, a, a class that I feel comfortable with, and I need to go places where it's not a big deal that I show up. You know, I don't I don't like that whole oh, wand here, blah, blah, blah. And then you got some people that are just like awestruck and then other people that want to take my head off. So say they competed against the UFC fighters. So there's, there's all that that goes into that. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I just, it just has to feel right. And it's, it's starting to, I'm, I'm back to working out twice a day now. So I do two days. But in camp, I train four to six hours a day. Right now I'm at like, two maybe three hours um just chilling and and another thing too is you need to change the scenery from time to time like i'll be moving out to jackson wink for a month in the near future really yeah not not even to do a training camp just to you know be surrounded by people that are trying to get to where i'm at that have already been where i'm at and that have surpassed where i'm at and uh or that are, are that are at levels i'm trying to get to and I think maybe being exposed to that and being around that might might help a lot. Um, you know, bro, you'd be you'd be training, you'd be sparring with John Jones, bro. You'd be getting way better. <laughs> like, come on. So part of it, it's not that I it's not that I hate the sport by any stretch. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want to fight. It's like I do still want to fight. I still want to fight. Like uh, probably February March timeline. But it's one of those things where I'm just not like dying to get back into a training camp and uh, that's what I that's what I mean by this there's a loss of love for it you know when I first started I was fine to fight every six weeks like yeah let's do this now I'm just like I don't I don't want to deal with all that anymore I don't want to deal with the interviews I don't want to deal with like everyone asking like oh how do I how do I how do I watch the fight blah 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 like the information is out there man. <laughs> yeah it's on I'm Google <laughs> I deal with this shit all the time so um, that, so yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into it that people don't even think about, but for me, it's a lot of it has to do with just nonstop input from people that they, they, they in their minds truly feel qualified, but you got to look at it from, from my perspective. It's like, I'm, I'm not going to listen to anything you say. I don't want to be a dick. So I just kind of sit there and I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. And like, I'm really not even paying attention half the time. <laughs> but it drains you, yeah. Yeah, it's draining. So my thing is, what are your goals? Now that we know this, this is on the table. What are your goals going forward in this sport? Do you have any yet? Hmm? Do you have any yet, or are you just trying to get your rhythm back right now? Yeah, you know, um, I kind of – that was another thing. Like, once I got the, – the goal for me was always to get to the UFC. Um, but that was, a, that was a five-year goal, and I did it in, like – too so it's like <laughs> so, that's crazy you know, i had to sit down and, and kind of reevaluate so now my goals are you know short term 
in the next 18 months, I would like to renew, like, earn uh, a re-up of my contract. I've got one more fight on contract. Uh, I want to re-sign with the UFC. That's the immediate short-term goal. Uh, the next goal from the sport is, um, you know, I want I want 10 fights in the UFC total. I like your goals, bro. You have a very methodical approach to this. Yeah, so, uh, you know, after those 10 fights in the UFC, then we reevaluate, okay, so what are realistic? Because right now, like, a, a title is, uh, that, that's the ultimate goal, but that's not a one-year, two-year, or three-year goal for me. Facts. That's, uh, like, and then in three years, I'll be 30 years old, right? That's the average age of a heavyweight, I believe, is 32. So I'd still be young by heavyweight standards in three years. When I hit, when I reach that 10 fight mark in the UFC, that's when I'll be more concerned with rankings, blah, 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 chasing down high-level opponents. Right now, I just want to fight anyone. I want to fight anyone. We'll see where the rankings and all that falls into place after those 10 fights. But So a short-term goal, renew the contract. Long-term or mid-term goal is 10 fights. And then we reestablish from there. So what do you think about this heavyweight division right now, your division? Do you see any who are you like who do you have your eyes on who do you like see making a lot of noise in this division right now what do you think of this division obviously uh in the top 10 right now i see curtis blades as uh you know he's tight he's pretty much the the future mainstay in those top five top 10 guys you like curtis blades over um stipe in two three years yeah yeah stipe is uh nearing i, I feel he's kind of nearing end of his career he's in that stage of his career where he's about defending the title and making the most money before he cashes out right mm-hmm. um so there's that steve is what 30 35 36 something like that yeah like 33 34 35 around there yeah in that age range like that's six years down the line for me so uh, you have hell of time damn yeah, so and that's that's where i see how i'm looking at long career and then kind of parlaying that into you know the Dominic Cruz route where he's a, a commentator the Paul Felder you should bro doing color commentary and then maybe from there like going into acting or, or a point where I can be a personality and and make my personality my personality to be a source of income for me, like that appearances and things like that. <laughs> Facts. That's the goal for me from MMA, from this sport. Um, and you know, I've got a couple business ventures that I'm I'm sitting on right now. And I've kind of shelved those for two or three years until uh, I've generated more revenue from the sport. Why don't you make a podcast? You mm-hmm. love your personality. Why don't you start your own podcast? You should. You know, you're, you're a UFC fighter. You could market it well, but you have yeah, a personality, too. I feel like right now is one of those things where everyone's kind of doing the podcasting. If yeah. you were to start something, I'd already want to be at a level higher than those people. So I don't want to just go on there and kind of learn it as I go. I want to get experience doing that. Um, I've got a couple friends in radio right now. That's my, that was my thought in this, too. Like When I started this shit, I didn't want to put out any random bullshit on the internet. 
People yeah. see me. I want to make sure my production looks good. It actually looks like a podcast, you know? So, Juan, um, we are running out of time here, but I just wanted to thank you, bro, um, for coming on and doing this interview with me. You were very real, and a lot of UFC fighters don't really give out this type of content or are that real with their audience. That's facts. You know, they put on a show. So I personally, you know, I re real recognize real. I respect you and I appreciate you very much. And uh, if you ever need help with your fantasy teams, I'm serious. I'm good as fuck. I got you. Man, how's everybody doing? I am back. That was my interview with Juan Adams. That was an amazing interview. Um, I really got him to open up and he went really deep and talked about his life, as you guys heard, um, and about his where he stands with the sport. And I have a feeling a lot of that may be derived from the fight with Greg Hardy. Um, I feel like, you know, that fight with him might have taken a lot out of him, which is understandable because Greg Hardy's kind of a brand. That's an NFL player. That's a lot of commotion and people want to talk just to make headlines now. Um, and a lot of people, just like Juan Adams said, talk and probably give him their input when they're not qualified to do so and they're just throwing negative energy his way. And no matter who you are, that can get tiring for a person, man. Um, when I was listening to, him, just listening to him speak, I could kind of relate with the guy in the sense that, you know, we're both trying to do something to change the world with our personality, so to speak. But a lot of hate always comes his way. Um, everybody deals with that. And I feel like, you know, the reason I was so excited to talk to him was because of this Greg Hardy fight, because I was very curious to see how the outcome of this fight shaped this athlete um, and how Juan Adams is handling it. And I have faith in him. I think he's handling it well. I think he's going to be back in the gym. He's going to be back uh, better than ever. He has a natural talent for the sport. He has the size and athleticism. He has an eye for it. Um, and you heard him. You know, he got to the UFC in two years when his goal was in five years. That was his goal. And he got there in two. So, Again, great guy. I will be rooting for him in each one of his fights just because he was the first pro fighter I ever talked to. Um, so Juan Adams, I'm a forever fan of yours, not to be creepy. but uh, And if you ever need help with your fa fantasy teams, I got you. Um, but with that being said, we have to talk about the fight that happened this weekend. That fight is Justin Gaethje versus Donald Cerrone. Whew. Sorry about that. Now, first of all, going into this fight, everybody was saying, oh, this is going to be exciting, bro. This is going to be a bloodbath, bro. Oh, my God. It's an exciting fight. It's going to be a war, man. Yeah, dude. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, dude. A veteran in the game, bro. Bloodbath. No. 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 I'm sorry. Justin Gaethje is a monster. He beat the fuck out of this decrepit old man. All respect to Donald Cerrone. I love him and I respect him, even though that was rude of me. I do. Why am I saying that? Because he has no business taking that fight. He just wants to prove a point to everybody. He has no business taking a fight against Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje's a young, hungry animal who's trying to prove his name. Donald Cerrone didn't prove, or he doesn't have to prove his name. He already has. He has the most fights ever under the Zufa uh, Corporation. I was mad about after the fight, after he got pathetically knocked out, he's sitting there, oh, <laughs> oh my, he hugs Justin Gaethje, well, man, well, partner, it was a good one, it was a good fight, <laughs> fake laughing, I was about to, shut your dumbass up, Donald Cerrone, have some respect, you're an all-time great, bro, you just got knocked out in a round, bro, 
I'm here to fight. I'm here to fight anybody and anybody anywhere. Bro, you got knocked out in one round like that? People are making you out to be this contender. You know, you want, you're still chasing. You're on your eighth title run. I'm not trying to talk shit because I really love this fighter. And I respect him so much. I feel bad for talking shit. But I just hate when I see fighters get to this point. Because all the signs are there like years before. All the signs. Stop, bro. Stop. Nope. Don't keep going. Nope. You just got knocked out. Oop. Your arm's broken. Uh, you got knocked out again. Uh, your jaw's broken. Yet they keep going. Stop, bro. Stop. Yo, Donald just came off a three-fight win streak against no ones, bro. You're not going to just throw him in there against Justin Gaethje. And I looked at, last night I looked at Donald Cerrone's resume, and it's the same pattern over and over, and it's why he keeps failing. It's why this fool's never hit a title. He's never gotten his title. He's gotten title shots. He's never gotten his title. Because he'll fight winnable fights, gatekeepers, you know, vets that have made a name for themselves. He'll beat them. Or even certain young up-and-comers. But then he gets tossed against like a top seven fucking perennial superstar, hungry lion. Just coming in. Justin Gaethje. Before he's, I'm here to fight. Justin Gaethje's in, like, Justin Gaethje's like, he's cross-eyed, bro. The dude talks cross-eyed. Like, the dude can't even like look straight. You want to throw Donald Cowboy Cerrone in there with him? Dude, Justin Gaethje looks for blood. They, before the fight, Gaethje said, oh, I know this is going to be a fight. No, this was never going to be this. Donald wasn't in going to the fight thinking like that. Donald is going into the fight thinking, hey, I'm on my 50th Zufa fight. Like, bro, congrats, Donald. But, like, I want to see Don At this point, I don't want to see any more big Donald Cerrone fights. I want to see him fight chiller, you know, UFC vets. <sighs> He's not a title contender. I don't want to see him in the ring against title contenders. That's how fighters' careers get short-lived, even though he's already has the longest career out of any UFC fighter. I don't want to see Justin. I don't want to see Donald Cerrone fighting more young guys. They threw him against Alexander Hernandez or whatever his name is. He pieced him up. Thank God, uh, Hernandez wasn't there. Wasn't ready for that. Gaethje, on the other hand, I have some big opinions on Justin Gaethje. No one agrees with me here, but I'm gonna say some pretty wild shit here. I think Justin Gaethje could beat Habib Nurmagomedov. I think he has the wrestling and grappling pedigree and the aggressiveness to to counteract Habib's wrestling and grappling to a certain extent but I think he has the explosiveness speed and knockout power and just the hunger and the he pushes the pace and just attacks his opponent I think that's a bad matchup for Habib Habib's very methodical in his approach he's very wary you know but when someone tries to brawl with him I feel like he might crack you know when Dustin Poirier tried brawling with Habib he got a little bit scared you know, he was a little bit, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You could see the distress on his face for a little bit, you know? So I'm thinking a guy like Justin Gaethje, even though he lost to Poirier, which I think was an outlier fight and a fluke, I think Poirier got the better of him, but I think Gaethje could easily have won that fight. He was at the lowest point of his MMA career at that time, and I think if they were to fight again, I actually would pick Gaethje. I think Gaethje's a better fighter. I think, you know, Poirier's a controlled brawler, but I think Gaethje's just an animal, bro, and there's levels to this shit. I think that's the type of aggressiveness and wrestling pedigree you need to instill in a fighter to beat Habib because you can't just have that wrestling pedigree. You, you, have to have it, you have to have the craziest wrestling pedigree to counteract his. But I think Gaethje could compete at that level. We just haven't seen it in the UFC, but he that's his background was wrestling. And I, I'm still an I always advocate for this. Everybody always disagrees with me. I think Gaethje could hang with him in the grappling department. Now, I get Habib is 28 and 0, and I get this dude looks unstoppable. But everybody has their day. You can't just automatically assume if the dude's undefeated, he's gonna stay undefeated. 
in this game, almost 99% of people lose. Habib's day will come, more than likely. John Jones' day will come, as much as I hate to admit, admit it, more than likely. I think Justin Gaethje, that random X factor, that dangerous, volatile opponent, that Johnny Walker, that Justin Gaethje, and I think Justin Gaethje's more realistic because he has the wrestling pedigree we haven't seen to its fullest extent in the MMA game yet. But I think those are the fighters that beat these great ones because these great ones are calculated, dominant, and aggressive in their own way. But not even the greatest humans on this planet can can prepare for an X factor. They might be most of the time win against the X factor, but the X factor has something about about it or him or her that no one can prepare for. And that's what I see in Justin Gaethje. And that's why I'm scared to automatically just pick Habib over a guy like him. That's why I'm scared to automatically just take Jones over Tiago Santos or Tiago or uh, Johnny Walker. That's why that random volatile, volatile X factor that you don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I see in Justin Gaethje. And that's why when I'm going into this fight, I never had a Donald Cerrone winning this fight because... Donald Cerrone's too frail to handle that animalistic X factor. That just lion's roar, that just unleashment of punishment. Justin Gaethje's the real deal, folks. And y'all better watch out because this fool might contend. And I said this a year before Habib beat Connor. Habib was going to beat Connor, and he did. I'm saying it right now. Out of anybody in that division, if anybody beats Habib, it's Justin Gaethje. Thank you, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Juan Adams and this Gaethje Cerrone analysis. Um, I got a little bit too passionate there. Um, but either way, this is Talk Too Much MMA, episode 21. It's been a long journey, and we keep it pushing. It's another week, another dollar. I'll see you guys next week.